This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Minutiaman Celebrity Interview is up next. But first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. I'm Howard Sudbury. I'm Steve Baskerville. On the next Back to You. What's the point, Steve? That's what I'm wondering. What's the point of this border collie over here staring at me? Is it because of the blue shirt that I have on? We'll get into that and other things about how we might be spending too much time on our mobile devices, do you think? Wait a minute, I'm getting a call. On the next Back to You. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. Okay, Dave, we've had some pretty big stars on this show, uh, but I, I don't think I've ever been more excited than I am this week. Uh, some of the first albums I ever bought, Big Bamboo, Los Cochinos, were performed by our guest, comedy icon. I kid you not, this is huge. 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 Please welcome to the show, Mr. Tommy Chong. We are not worthy, sir. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, I'll pause while my leaf blower, my private leaf blower walks by here blowing... For some reason, as soon as I got on the air, he had to come over here with his leaf blower. Oh, I got a guy doing uh, construction <laughs> next door here too. So this should this should be fun. We'll have a little. Uh... <laughs> put the, yeah, you know what? We'll put the construction guy. You put the leaf blower guy on, and we'll, and we'll see what they come up we'll with. We'll do a whole ambient noise show. Uh, thank you for being on the show. They, they both respond to that magical suggestion of, uh, Senor, uh, <laughs> por favor. <laughs> now, you know, I mentioned a couple of those albums. I, yeah, I still have them. If you open them up and you shake them, there may be some <laughs> some leafy substances that fall out of those uh, albums. Oh, so, some seeds anyway. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, I'd like uh, to alert the authorities that the statute of limitations has run and out. And we're a blue state now and, in Illinois. And so it's, it's legal. It is legal it's here. Legal. It's legal. As long as you got something wrong with you. I like that. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. in Illinois, it's legal uh, recreationally now, too. Yeah, I know. I remember. I was there when they did it. Yeah, that's this is, this is your issue. In fact, I got, I got caught at the border with, with a, 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 quite a bit. <laughs> no, actually, my son. My son's uh, was traveling with me, and and they stopped him because he had a big jar of my weed in his in his knapsack. Oh, and of really? course, he threw me under the bus immediately. Yeah, hey, have you <laughs> met my my dad? You Tommy may have heard of him, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, so, what border were you stopped at? What border were you? You know the the PSA or what do they call that? The you know the guy at the the security guy. The TSA. Uh, what do they call them now? TMZ, PSA, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. OMG. I don't know. One, of, one of those guys. Yeah. Anyway, the security, and, and he's one of those, uh, you know, uh, how, how do I say this politely? Uh, you don't have to. It's a podcast. <laughs> he's like a Trump supporter. Okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> Gotcha. What, you're not? <laughs> this is a Republican show. You're, who is this? No, it is not. It is not. <laughs> don't, don't get me started. 
I've already been kicked off Facebook for, for being too anti-Trump. You know, is that true? So, did they really kick yeah. you off? Wow, you got to yeah, be pretty they, anti-Trump to get kicked out. They kicked off uh, the Cheech and Chong site, and then they then I put up my own, and they they axed that one too. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Huh. You know, and, and I'm and I was taken off the Joe Rogan show too. Well, because, yeah, he's um, a big uh, Trump guy too, right? Yeah, I didn't know it. No, no, I went on her show and I'm blasting and just trashing Trump like crazy. And I thought I thought Joe was kind of quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so did they not uh, publish the podcast, or, or what? Did they not air it, or did what they do? Well, no, they they left off the uh, availability when he sold it to. Uh, spectrum or network or whoever he sold it to oh uh, i see it, it was up to them you know well i think that was part of the deal you know uh, don't worry we'll lose that tommy chong uh, thing <laughs> wow. and, and they did oh. they did and and i noticed joe was kind of funny i was at the fight you know the colin mcgregor fight mm-hmm. and i was ringside i was like uh the big star there and uh and I noticed Joel wouldn't make eye contact with me for the longest time because he was uh, announcing there. You know, then he finally did, and it was sort of one of those nods. You know that yeah, uh, I have to yeah. nod because you're in my eyesight, uh, right? A polite <laughs> so nod. So I have to yeah. acknowledge it. You know, he gave me one of those tight lip nods. Yeah. Now I might have been imagining. You know, no, you probably yeah. were. You know, if you ever, I, said- I, I, I can pick up pretty pretty fast on uh, especially when i when i insult trump like i do yeah well you have no problems and when we see you in person if we ever do you're going to get a full nod you're going to get a yeah. nod and a hello right. and even yeah. a wave and <laughs> eye con- even eye contact yeah. that's our problem. and a little too. smile too yeah. exactly a smile. Uh, maybe even a brownie maybe we'll give you a brownie <laughs> or some cookies or a donut or something too a schnitzel well yeah well i didn't i didn't know dana white was such a big chunky Oh. And then, then I saw him speak for Trump at the, uh, Trump's inauguration, yeah. or or Trump's uh, <laughs> the Republican whatever convention. Whatever that he did. Oh, oh, his uh, his acceptance speech. The Nuremberg trials. Yeah. Or the Nuremberg rallies. <laughs> the Nuremberg rallies. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, the Nuremberg rallies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, we're laughing, but you, I know, know. <laughs> we're laughing when at we're, our impending doom. When we got doom. our heads shaved and we're in line and chains, you know, the we'll kind of say, "Hey, remember when we were laughing at this guy?" Yeah, you're right. It was. I'm going to throw you. You know how your son was, threw you under the bus we are both yeah. gonna throw you yeah. under the it bus it was at tommy oh, no fault. <laughs> uh, yeah. well you know patty davis remember uh ronnie uh reagan's daughter reagan's daughter patty yeah. uh, she was a good friend of mine you know we used to work out at the gym together uh at the gold's gym and uh, we had chat you know and then one day uh, i came and uh, i just seen a movie called caliglia yeah. oh yeah sure. <laughs> and, and and she said, "How'd you like it?" I said, ah, "Way too faggy for me." <laughs> <laughs> and and she says, "Oh, how could you say that? Don't you know who my brother is?" Uh, yeah, oh. the little fang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm Tommy Chong. I can say anything I want. Have you heard my albums? <laughs> well, well, that was bef- that was that was years ago. You know, so, so I, so so I got the idea that you know she didn't like uh, me to be disparaging gays, yeah. but then when I got 
uh, ready to go to jail, you know. So my lawyer says, uh, you know, get some celebrities, you know, that will, will write letters for you saying that you shouldn't be incarcerated. And so I, I thought of Patty. I know she's great, you know, Reagan, you know. So yeah. I contacted her, and she sent me a letter that says, I know Tommy Chong. Period. <laughs> so you didn't include that in the file, did you? <laughs> we actually, actually, it didn't matter, you know, because it was all preordained. It didn't matter. I, I could have had the Pope speak up for me, and I would have been put in jail, you know, with the Pope. You know? <laughs> That's funny. So, you know, we mentioned your albums. Uh, well, Rick did, and uh, just absolutely fantastic. Uh, you had four top forty hits. For our younger listeners out there, like pretty much anybody under 35, possibly explain to explain to them what it was like to live through that, you know, that time and just how big the, the, your albums were. And I mean, being you guys a top were 40 hit. I mean, you were, you were you like were the huge. biggest, the biggest comedy stars in America. Well, we were like rock stars. Yeah. yeah. Really, really, we hobnobbed with all the rock stars, you know, the Stones and, the, and uh, you know, like Second City. Belushi and all them, you know, they're right. they big fans. In fact, uh, we got barred from uh, Second City for 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 life, I guess, you know, because of our we we led their their cast down the wrong road for a while, oh. there, you know, when <laughs> Belushi and yeah, right until Belushi died, you know, <laughs> so they they didn't like our dope humor, but yeah, wow. we were we were as big as rock stars. One time, I had a party at my house in Malibu, which. Uh, Went to uh, after I had it, you know, uh, uh, the Eagles, the Don Felder bought it from me, and then he sold it to David Foster, and now David Foster sold it to uh, Nick Nolte. Oh. And it was a, this beautiful mansion. It was a really well-built mansion. But what happened, I, I got to know the owner, uh, the builder, and the builder was uh, like an old Western kind of real cool guy, and we hung together quite a bit, so I got a real nice price. On on you know mansion uh -huh. like now it was it goes for ten twenty million easy wow but at the time the builder because he he had built it by using other you'd order uh, materials for another house that he was building and then order extra materials for his house uh -huh. and so he he literally built it for, on the uh, on the cheap for nothing uh -huh. and so he sold it to me for like six hundred thousand dollars. Wow, and and so I we used to have parties there, and I remember one time Simon uh, Simon and Garfunkel Garfunkel yeah was was riding up the driveway with Lou Adler, and he looks at my house and he goes. Jesus, how many records did these guys sell? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I got to a bridge over troubled water, and I, I live in a shack compared to this guy. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And I realized, oh, right, right. See that? It was like the Vauban Comte, you know, the the man in the Iron Mask. Uh huh. Do you know that story of him? No, no. no. Well, he was Vauban Comte was the uh, the treasurer of. Uh, uh, king, the king of France, you know the Louis, Louis the the sword king. king. Yeah, remember? Sure. And he was his he was his treasurer, and he built this Vauban house, gorgeous house, you know, with all these. Oh, it was, it was incredible, and he had a opening, uh, uh, what do you call it, housewarming party? Mm -hmm. Uh huh. 
Louis pulled up and said, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Off with his head. We are not paying him that much. Up, the guy ended up with the iron mask. That was him. Oh, oh, Louis, okay. threw him Louis threw him in the dungeon, and then he, then he, then he took uh, the the plants that were in Beauvoncourt for Versailles. That's that's what it, that's why he built Ber- Versailles, because he had to outdo the the treasure, and yeah. So that house, oh wow, we are yeah. we are learning history here. When it, the house went into disrepair for 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 I guess a couple of years, a couple hundred years maybe, and and an American bought it. And restored it, and now it's a big tourist attraction. And is that but, American named Tommy Chong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those houses were so cool, man, because they had secret passages, so that the maids you you, you never saw any of the help. You know, everyone see the movies, you never see them, hardly ever see the maids unless they're serving tea. But the chambermaids and that, yeah. they had a, their own secret way of coming into a bedroom without. Uh, going through the the doors and that the secret oh, passages so, so the, and, and uh, the Vaubancant was full of them. Wow. You could you could go through the whole house without uh, go, going into the main you know into the main lobby or the main uh, staircase. It's, it's quite fascinating. Oh, that lifestyle, man! They, they were so decadent, man. <laughs> God, I love it. So you know, um, when we were in like middle school, let's say, uh, Sister Mary Elephant came out. And, oh, wasn't that the? Oh my God, <laughs> just unbelievable! You know, and I, this, I, I maintain that that record inspired class clowns for an entire generation. You know, you can't. Oh, you know, it, you know it did. Don't you think that's true? Now, did you? You know, you know the biggest compliment you got with Sister Mary Oliphant. What's that? Was when Carol Burnett stole the bit and did it. Oh, wow. Yeah. She, wow. Yeah, she, she did that. She did that bit. They, they had to pay homage to uh, to class. That was Cheech, man. Cheech, well, Cheech grew up Catholic. Yeah, right. And and, and Sister Mary Elephant was this uh, substitute teacher. That uh, Her name wasn't Sister Mary Elephant. But, but that's based what, on somebody, all the, all yes. The, that's what all the kids would call her. Oh, and, for real! And, and that's that's how she treated. That's how she treated everybody. Because you know, you had rowdy kids, man. Sure. You know, when I was going to school, if we got a substitute teacher oh, and she wasn't, and she shit. wasn't strict. Yeah. Oh, we'd eat her alive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we we had so much fun with her. But but in those days, did you ever get in trouble for like? Uh, I mean, I know you guys were rebels, but you know, for making fun of Catholics or you know. Dave and I were listening to some of your stuff, and you know, oh, you were, we were doing Jewish we were, jokes and Chinese oh, we jokes. Did, and, we we did them all. Yeah, <laughs> we we were the most what uh, uh, politically incorrect comedians ever. Yeah, ever. No, we we trashed everybody. <laughs> we trashed the war heroes coming home from Vietnam. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where <laughs> <laughs> the guy couldn't speak English. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. I could have met them. I had a good night. Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were probably born in the right era. I don't think you guys would have flown right now. I think your career oh, would have been Oh, are you kidding? Oh, my God. Are you God. kidding? We'd, we'd be, oh, we, we were, we're, well, right now. I mean, really, like, like yeah. whenever the Cheech and Chong appears, you know, they change the rules. Yeah, like the Grammys. We're doing a, a documentary on Cheech and Chong, and and the Grammys used to be tele. The comedy always was televised. 
until Cheech and Chong got nominated. Really? <laughs> and you guys yeah. won a Grammy too. Yeah, we won a Grammy, but we were we were uh, uh, nominated for six six Grammys, and we won one. But uh, the first one it was you know that's when Ed Sullivan announced announced <laughs> Cheech and Chong, and and we were in the audience and they showed us and everything else. But that was the last, and that was the last time. Wow. Because you know, comedy got too crazy, you know, for the for the Grammys. You know, they're they're very straight. You know, I have a, a international story to share with you. To share, I was actually living in Germany at an army base in the mid seventies, and I was on a basketball team, and we played a friendly game against a local German team, the Schnitzels. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. One of the guys on my team was named Eric Jones, and you know, you put, have your last name on your back. And the captain of the German team pointed to the back of his jersey, which had his last name, and he said, Basketball Jones. Yeah. <laughs> In Germany. Yeah. A German, German guy said that. I mean, that you guys Und were... Basketball Jones, yeah. Gut. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. that's how huge that was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was in Budapest walking across a bridge, and all of a sudden this kid, he came he, he running up breathless to me. Stop me. He goes, you, you're Tommy Chong, right? And I said, yeah. She, he said, I passed you, and I and I realized, oh, that's Tommy Chong. And he comes back, and he had a he had a tell me that you know that he recognized me. Yeah, that's in great. Budapest. Yeah, was is yeah. is it true that George Harrison was on that record? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Basketball Jones. He plays the introduction. Unbelievable. Musical. Really. Yeah, and we asked George what he thought of the bit. He says, "I suppose it's funny." <laughs> <laughs> not exactly English humor. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Not highbrow for those Brits. George was really cool, though. I, I hung with him a few times because we were both guitar players, and we were both sort of like backup guitar players. So, so we had a we had a little um, a little bond between us, you know. Well, you, you know, we you got, we got we got high quite a bit. Uh, maybe, <laughs> he he didn't bogart little, it, did he? What celebrities would bogart the joints? Any anybody? Uh, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Oh really? yeah, yeah. I can see that. That's a black hole of, of <laughs> marijuana cigarettes. Yeah. It, it, you, you hand you hand him a joint, man. Say goodbye. <laughs> It's not nice coming back. <laughs> well, which is weird because we got Snoop Dogg on the phone ain't right coming now. Back. Uh, it ain't coming back. I mean, I bug him about it all the time too. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. Oh, I got to tell you a Dr. Dre story. Sure. <laughs> uh, Dr. Dre had me on a couple of his albums, you know, and just me, not Cheech. And because you know he's a smart businessman, you know, and we were very, very hot at the time. Yeah. And so, when when Dre and and uh, uh, what's the other rap groups uh, um, anyway, they they would have us on their uh, on their albums, you know, do do a little mention or something. And so, so Doctor, I was on one, and then uh, then you know, Doctor Dre's uh, you know his way of um, producing was like. Uh, uh, okay, okay, Tommy, uh, do do some of that hippie shit. <laughs> <laughs> the hippie shit, hey man. <laughs> so, so, so I would, you know, we'd have that but really easy, you know, for t shirt. So when they, <clears throat> the the last album he did uh, went really double platinum or whatever. Anyway, he called me 
and I'm in the studio, and and I was working on this blind melon chilling bit, and and it was so perfect because he was like the cheech. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so he gets on the thing, and when he said, uh, he said, uh, "Okay, okay, Tom, yeah, you know, do that hippie shit." I, Okay, right now, ladies, and then I went into the Blind Melon Chilling Boys. Wow. Okay, right now, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm going to show you how to be a, a record producer. Uh, okay, <laughs> remember, you got to remember one one phrase. You got to remember this. You got to remember. Okay, ready? What do you think? <laughs> When when you got a musician in the audio in in the studio and he says, "What do you want me to play?" You can say, "What do you think?" <laughs> <laughs> and then the motherfucker will play it, and you don't have to pay him writing nothing. You got it. <laughs> you sound a little like Barry Gordy there. <laughs> and so what happened? So after I did the bit, you know, and, and George. Uh, Dr. Drake kind of says, yeah, yeah, okay, that's funny. Yeah, okay. I just do that hippie shit. <laughs> so so, <laughs> so I, did, I did the hippie shit. And then then after I'm finished in the studio, I went to say hello to him, you know, and, and, the, and everybody had gone. Everybody left. He, he just, they dis- disappeared before I got out of the booth. Oh, really? <clears throat> and so, so kind of a year later, we're in the elevator, and uh, my my son's uh, uh, one of his, his girlfriends, ex girlfriend. She's a, a lawyer, entertainment lawyer, and so she's her job is working with Dr. Dre in the legal department. And I said, "Oh, you work for Dre? Oh, great, man! Because you know he owes me some money." And they said, "What?" I said, "Yeah, I was on that that hit album of his, and uh, I never got paid." They said. What? You never got paid? And no, you know what that means. The album's out. <laughs> and if I wanted to say, uh, yeah, he promised me $100,000. Right. You know, yeah, now that you know uh, it's double not, platinum, right? <laughs> there is nothing he could have done. He would have had to pay it because, you know, he never had any receipt. Because that's what you do when you pay the musicians. You get the receipt. You have them sign off. You know, that way, you know, they can't make any claim of writing writers or anything. Cause that's where the so I had them in, but I, I did, I did, I didn't pull that strength, you know. No, I'm not that that huh. cold blooded. But I, I did get my my five thousand dollars. Oh, there you go. Chump, that's not chump change. Yeah, no. yeah, no. yeah. You're not getting shit for this. By yeah, the way. <laughs> we're gonna have you sign off. On <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. We're, we're gonna email you a receipt that you you know you're not getting anything for the podcast. <laughs> oh, oh shit! You're not, my son's calling me now. Uh-oh. Uh, We're going to get cut off again? No, no. I'll decline it. I'll decline it. He'll understand. Yes. You're on a yeah, Rick and Dave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Rick and Dave, man. Yeah, that's right. Hey, so, you know, you were talking about being a musician, um, and I know yeah. you were in a band called Little Daddy and the Bachelors, right? In the 60s? Yep. Uh, yep. yep. That was my second band. Oh, okay. The first band was... The Shades. The Shades. The Shades were, we were called the Shades because there was a, a full-blood Native American uh, Indian, as they call them. Okay. They used to, anyway, uh, myself, 
half Chinese and white and a lot of other things and eight Indian. And then, uh, 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 African American. Okay. Uh, no, African Canadian. Oh, oh he, right. He was yes. born in Canada, but he was a descendant from, from slaves from Texas. And so the three of us, we, we call ourselves the shades because we're different shades. <laughs> we very, I like that. And, and we were we were very, very popular. And, and then we went to uh, Vancouver and then the, the band broke up because, you know, we, we didn't tour like a real band should have. So this was before we you were in comedy. You were a musician before you were a, a comedian. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I couldn't even speak. Uh, uh, the only thing I would say was... Uh, uh, Intermission. We're going to be. We'll be back in fifteen minutes. Oh, that's <laughs> okay. funny. All right. <laughs> that, that that was my mic thing. Well, how did okay, you how that, did you meet Cheech? And he's not from uh, Canada. Where did you guys? Oh, yeah, he's he's a man of immigrant. He was up there during the war. Oh, okay. Yeah, the oh. Vietnam War. You know, just in case the Viet Cong attacked from yeah, Alaska. You never know. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> you never know. So. <laughs> So he was he was up there all during the war. Okay. Until he met me. Until he met me. No, I had a I I, I formed an acting troupe. Uh, you know, I was very lucky. You know, I got I got two nightclubs given to me. Oh. Literally, because I had a band and and they needed uh, to do something with an empty room they had there. So I turned that into a after hours club, and then uh, it was so successful this. Uh, Shelled uh, Dinner Club offered me uh, another nightclub on, in Chinatown, and I turned that one into a, the Vancouver's first topless uh, uh, nightclub. Mm. And, and and then when I went back after I got fired from Motown, I went back and uh, and started working in the strip club, of course, you know, because uh, that's where all the uh, what was it called? What, what did you call a place? The, the strip club was called the Shanghai Junk. Oh. <laughs> it was named after a, a, a Chinese boat, Shanghai Junk. Okay. And it was a very high-class dinner club until I took over as a, you know, then I turned it into a high-class uh, biker's topless bar. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then I changed it to a to an improvisational nightclub where I, I used the girls as actresses. Oh. And, and then I had a couple of guys, a couple of friends of mine you know we were the uh, actors we were the, the the guy actors and then we had the strippers and then uh, our straight man we had one guy that could play cops and lawyers and that and his wife found out what he was doing in the strip bar he was a real actor we started uh, what do you call it, attracting real actors and then so he quit and so then this uh, mutual friend of our Russian mutual friend uh, suggested Cheech and then Cheech saw what we were doing, and the rest is history. Wow. Wow. He joined up, and then he was like the the third, you know, he was like the straight guy in, in the group and a writer. <clears throat> and then when the group broke up because we weren't making, we turned everything into a, a theater, and you know, theaters don't make any money, yeah, right? right. And, and so we uh, we got fired by my brother. And he went back to stripping <laughs> for the bikers and. Uh, and Cheech and I we played one note. We did comedy for 40 minutes and won the Battle of the Band contest without playing any music. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And and then Cheech and I, uh, we've been together ever since. 
Yeah. Well, 1968, 69, 69. You know, let's let's yeah. talk about some of your movies because you're talking about writing. You guys wrote your own movies. Up in Smoke was a huge oh, hit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and there were a bunch of other ones in the 70s and 80s. And the one yeah. thing I wanted to ask you about, though, is I, there's a rumor that you and Cheech were offered the movie Stripes. Is that is that a true yes. story? Yeah, yeah, but halfway through our our next movie. Okay. You know, I mean, they they literally wanted us uh, to stop shooting uh, next movie and and do their, you know, they they wanted me to stop being a director and and the major guys in a movie. Yeah. Doing a follow up for Up and Smoke. And, and to stop everything, and, and then and be two actors in stripes. Oh, and okay. That's so so easy said, to turn uh, down that. We said no, no. I don't. I don't. You know, I don't work for anybody. That that is that is what happened yeah. with with Motown too, right? Isn't it that when you were at Motown that uh, well, they, they Bobby they they separated Bobby Taylor. You know, he was he was a star in Motown okay. for us. I was just a guitar player. And a songwriter. Okay. Uh, but uh, the Barry split us up, and he had Bobby going solo, and then then he had me trying to back up some of his girlfriends, you know, Chris Clark and that. And uh, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm too much a <laughs> too too much of a loner, you know, to work for anybody. You know, I, I'm not that good of a musician. I never was. You know. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, Thank you must God. have been pretty good if you were working at Motown, yeah. and you know, and, and no, no, what, no, I, I, and I, Tina I, and what have you. <laughs> yeah, I've got a, uh, I've got a touch. Herbie Hancock came and saw a show one time, and he got really mad at me because when I do Blind Melon Chillin', I, I, I tease everybody with little <laughs> little guitar riffs, you know, uh-huh. and, and, and there and you know, years and years and years of playing the blues, you, you develop your own. Uh, little secret sauce mm-hmm. you know and so i would tease uh tease herbie with it and then i'd go into a, a bit you know and so after the show herbie says man you got playing you got playing so so good there man then you went into that other shit <laughs> <laughs> before we continue any further with minutia men celebrity interview let's take a quick break we'll be right back you f***ed up the script you f***ed up the script i didn't f*** up my part of the script you expected that i did my job and that was your fatal flaw Sam. okay it's, it, look it's creating quality content either way you know so. oh are we keeping this oh this is all staying are we in keeping this? listen to and friends on spotify opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts just search for radio misfits Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, our Buick specialist, Bill Kubik, returns for another wide-ranging discussion on Buicks, Mopars, BMWs, and more. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me for this very special episode of the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Minutia Men Celebrity Interview is back. You know, we, we should also talk about uh, the show that probably people know you most for now, and that's The 70s Show, which uh, you played the part of Leo. You were in that show for a long time. I'm, how many seasons? Five years. Five oh, years. Five years. Five years, well, I, you know, I had to take nine months off to go to jail. But, but, <laughs> I'm uh, sure they understood. The, it was, did you take yeah, vacation yeah, time? Did they give you comp time or vacation time? How'd you get the nine, the, the nine months off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, 
the federal. I, I had to do my my uh, duty in the federal pen, penitentiary. Uh, but they, they, the seventy show hired me right back as soon as I got out. They, they and uh, you know, Leo, because they had the same problem. You know, right. You know, I got. I, I really. I, I asked for more money, and so they wrote me out of the show. Oh, and then I got busted. Happened? Yeah, then I got busted. And so when I got back on the show, I didn't get any more money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was such a perfect combination. I mean, obviously, they used to sit in that circle mm-hmm. and they'd have the little, uh, you know, pot thing. And, and here's Tommy Chong, who's, you know, universally known and was in the 70s, especially. It was a great combination, yeah. I thought. Well, you know, the Mark Brazil, the guy that created the show, you know, he's quite quite a genius, you know, just like... Uh, uh, Chuck Lorre, you know they're, uh-huh. they're 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 our religious leaders. If you want to know the truth, you know they they they're the only ones that are upholding the moral fiber of the of the uh, of the nation. Uh-huh. You know, it's uh, writers on, yeah. on TV like the movie, the, like the movies used to be, but it's more television now. And and they uh, you know because that's equal opportunity you know, for sure. We're showing showing it up on TV. But it was, uh, no, that 70s show was so special because the writers, you know, they, they, they got the the meat of the 70s. Yeah. You know, they caught, caught it, especially yeah. kids coming up, like the 70 kids. Because that, 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 that's what all, the, you know, the show is really making is watching watching young kids grow into adults. You yeah. Know? Well, that was our that era. That was us. Yeah. yeah, we were 70s kids. So that's, that's yeah. why that show really yeah. spoke yeah. to us. Right. And we were in- yeah, it resonated. Resonate with you because all the you know the mystery of sex and the sexy mums and the you know mm-hmm. and and, uh, and all the stuff going on and yeah. you know, with the girlfriends and, the, and isn't it amazing how uh, uh, Mila and uh, Ashton got together after oh, being boyfriend and girlfriend yeah. for years? Yeah. How about that? It's it's one of those like, cosmic a, things. They I seem guess, to be yeah. a genuine couple too. I mean, they seem to be. Very, well, yeah. Very, very well, very... they they grew up with each other. Yeah. They literally grew up with yeah. each. That's a childhood sweetheart. Yeah. And, and the thing the thing Ashton was really attracted to was success. You right. know, that's why he went with Demi. Right. You know, right away she yeah. was success. And and then when Mila, you know, got what a uh, uh, Oscar <laughs> nomination. Oh my God! Yeah, you know, Oscar, that's that counts uh, as success, uh, right? That, that's what the, Ashton said. Man, I got to marry this girl. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is this is exactly who I've been looking for. It was so sweet, you know. And the sad thing, you know, what's happening to Danny? You know, I I, yeah. I, I feel really bad about mm-hmm. that. But you know. You know, when when you uh, yep, yep. So b- before we let you go, we got to ask about your health. You know, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I know you've been fighting uh, the big C fight. for many years well, now. Well, I'm glad you asked. You know, I got this pain here. You know, <laughs> you know, just when I when I do this, it hurts. Okay. Well, don't do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when did you get that week back? Yeah, right about a week back. No, yeah. my health is uh, is scary. It's so good. You know, yeah. I had to quit. I had to quit all the bad habits. You know, I got gout a few months ago now. Yeah, from eating uh, seafood. Yeah. Seafood. Oh, I, I'm not a. I went to a dermatologist, and she told me that I grew up in the prairies, and so my body's not acclimate. You know, not equipped to handle the the iodine in the seafood. Oh, wow. And so, and so that was causing me a lot of problems. 
and and now no, I'm fine. I'm a vegan, but yeah. uh, I don't I don't mind at all, man. Uh, you know, I'm, my wife's a phenomenal cook. I mean, she's an artist and very picky. And so, uh, we got a little system. She cooks, I clean. <laughs> so. That's good. We have the I love it. here. Yeah, that's that's great. So, uh, your it. chance to plug before we go. Yeah. You know, I know you've got uh, businesses out there. You've got uh, projects. You, Social you, media feeds. Anything you'd like to to let people know about? Well, we got uh, dispensaries. Teaching Chong dispensaries mm-hmm. are coming down the pike, and and they're going to be more than dispensaries. I'm, you know, I'm going to. I got plans because they're going to be selling their own product. Teaching Chong uh, product in the dispensaries, but I don't. You know, the way I look at it now, I'm going to make sure that that we put a touch of Canada into the dispensaries uh, all around the world. And what they did in Canada, they would have, uh, uh, every neighborhood had a community center. And, and and so so the people in the community had a place to to, to gather mm-hmm. for you know recreation. They'd have skating rinks. They'd have all that all that stuff free for the people in the area. And so our dispensaries were going to act like a a community center. Oh. And it's going to be like a jobs, uh, you know, place where you a uh, bulletin board where, you know, people are looking for people. They can come there, you know, because right now they're trying to make it. They're trying to act like uh, we're selling poison or something. Right. You know? Yeah, I know. You know, that, you know, that, that, that is so bad for you. But, you know, the studies are showing that the CBD oil is, you know, it's helping more than enough people. And right now you can't sell CBD in a dispensary. It has to be one or the other. But I'm, we're going to work to change that. And we're, we're just going to make um, – uh, you know, the, the pot buying a community effort. You know, you know, tied in with health and and spiritual uh, advisements, and uh, you know everything that help, that pot has given me. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that the you know anybody that goes to a, a Cheech and Chong dispensary, you know, you'll have the movies and, and all the paraphernalia and all the the memories that you had with the movies and that. But you're also going to get like a community sense, so that you know you got any questions, there's going to be experts there to help you on, in all aspects of your life, oh, not wow. just. Uh, Buying, buying dope for your for your ailments, you know, it's it's for everything, education, childcare, uh, you know, information that that should be available, but it, it doesn't seem to be, you know. So it's going to be more than just a dispensary. It's going to be a, a life changing event for when, everybody, when, and we're going to be around the world. And then and then when I get rich enough, I'm going to buy my own country. Oh. Can awesome. we come, can we come to the country? Can we broadcast oh, live from the country? Absolutely. Yeah. You have to be uh have to have some experience being a DJ. Oh, well, perfect. Right. There we go. <laughs> right. We're in, we're in. It's the least marketable skill on earth. And, 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 and thank God you are finally, after all these years, giving us something that we can. And it's our only skill, which, uh, you know, is a, is a bummer. Remember uh, uh, Leo in the 70s show, what was his, his thing? Uh, Owning uh, photo booths. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> all right. And, well, and, and I, re- I remember being on a show. There, there's, you know, like, like we copied the committee, 
in the second city. Right. Early, early, early guys, you know, like Peter Boyle. I, uh -huh. I saw Peter Boyle work live in second city and we, we copied a lot of people. And so we had a lot of uh, improvisational actors really hate us. You know, oh. like Howard Hessman. Uh, Howard Hessman hated teaching. From WKRP? Yeah. yeah, WKRP. So one, <laughs> one session in the 70s show, they had Howard Hessman doing his radio bit oh. on, on this show. And I was laughing to myself because I know how much he, <laughs> Howard Hessman, he gets pissed off at anything, you know. When he was in the committee, he would get on stage after to give out announcements of where all the protests were going to be had. You know, very hippy dippy guy, uh -huh. and he'd have these bright red shoes on, and and he would say, "Okay, any questions?" And inevitably, someone would say, "Hey, where'd you get the shoes, man?" <laughs> and, and, and instead of instead of being a joke with it, it would piss him off. He'd get mad, and he's a redhead, and you could see his face get all flushed. You know, so he's so when he heard that you know, two guys come up, took their best bits <laughs> and became international icons. <laughs> and now he has to he has to get on stage and after we did the bit they used to bring everybody up for a bow and then they would bring me out last because, you know, the, a big crowd favorite. And so I was thinking, oh, I can't wait to, to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> to have to hold my hand and take a bow. And, and he, 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 he left before the bow. Oh, oh wow. wow. That's a, that's <laughs> a grudge right there. That's like he, a 40 he year grudge. <laughs> he didn't talk. He did nothing. He just, he just got his stuff and, and, and he got the hell out of there. Oh man. You know, that's why I don't, you know, I, I give credit where, where credit's due. You know, you help me, I'll tell, I'll tell the world about it. And well, you and you you can wear red shoes yeah. and nobody says a thing. <laughs> oh yeah, you know I, I copied a lot of I, the blind man Chitlin is almost it was his bit, you know. But he did it a lot different than what I did. Right. But but, but I oh I know because I've talked we well we had a conversation when Cheech and I first came. You know, start doing open mic nights, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the freebies, you know. Yeah. And, and, and there was a group called the Pickle Brothers, I think. They, they're they offshoot of the committee. Committee was this hoity-toity, you know. Right. Intellectual thing, you know. And so, and so they, they, we made friends with them because we're all trying to make it. And, and they said, you're doing committee bits. And we said, yeah. Well, you can't do that. And we said, why? Well, it's just not done. Oh. You know, you're stealing other people's bits. So, <laughs> yeah. see, I was a musician. A musician, all we ever did was cover tunes. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. Yeah, you didn't yeah, make you up the tunes, B chord, so you know. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a comedian. I'm going to cover a joke. You know, like there, there's not really an original joke on the planet. You well, know, someone that's probably did it first yeah. and heard someone else do it. So, so, but anyway, that uh, that was uh, <laughs> that was uh, uh, the, the the committee. 
Only well, one time, one time, Cheech and I went and seen him after we had made Dave's not here, and we we saw him. And I and and I try to make amends. Like I I I hired all the groundlings in all the movies. Uh-huh. I hired all the improvisational actors I could find that would work for me. Yeah, you know. And we tried to get uh, uh, Meathead. What's his name? Rob uh, Reiner Reiner to direct Up in Smoke and he wouldn't do it because he was connected to the committee you know there's a lot of and I tried to use use another committee guy to play Sergeant Stadenko and he turned down the gig you know so it wasn't that I I wasn't I wasn't trying to help these guys you know but I love them man they they started me off and I I owe a great great deal of uh, you know uh, whatever the accolades if I ever get an Oscar I'll, I'll say Howard Hesman this one's for you <laughs> you gotta wear the red shoes on stage right <laughs> I'll have the red shoes Tommy this has been a big thrill for us uh, it's been great Tom. thank you very much for coming on the show uh, I, we just can't uh, we can't thank you enough and and best of luck to you in all the, your future endeavors, if these if the, if these dispensaries come to Chicago, oh my God, we're there. Oh, right. they're gonna. Oh, they're going. They're going. We'll have to find the right guy to pay off. But yeah. they're, they're going. <laughs> well, you know, we're in, in Chicago. Chicago. We not, we may know a couple of guys. So you, I, be, I believe, I believe you do. We'll put up the word. Tell him. Tell Guido and the boys that uh, we're coming. That sounds good. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks. I'm be well. Okay, man. Take care. Take right. care, guys. Bye bye. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with OpiShows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. Opp. Shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silla, Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we will be back again next week with another edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Losano Los Anno or Los, Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. Can women play in sports right. with men? Mm-hmm. My argument is that I don't think they can. I'm just saying if they can do it... Let them do it. If they can't do it, it's the same qualifications. Evie and I were talking about basketball, and she doesn't feel that women could play basketball. But then she described this guy named Derek Rose. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know enough about this stuff. But she was like, he's like a girl. Well, okay. Um, Holy hold on, shit. hold on. This is awesome. Oh my he, God. Tony, Tony says things. Tony says things just for people. Yeah, Mike, Mike <laughs> yeah. First yeah, of all, is. first of all, Tony doesn't even know Derek Rose. Uh, I said that a girl, because there's a WNBA, and, and I think women are incredible athletes and they're incredible competitors. Um, but I don't think that they could play at the same level as a professional you said as a man. Boring and slow. All right, you need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Radio Misfits. Get more. Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever it's called.
on this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Fido or your phone? Just call me by my radio name, Chris P. Cream. You can't wear that mask to school. My brush with Anne Margaret. All that and many, many other tangents. You can listen to Minutia Men on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits.